Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. I'm Kara Smith. Today, I'm here with Dr. Jason Muavi, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Breast Medical Oncology at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. Dr. Muavi is presenting a poster at the 2022 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium, and today he's here to tell us a little bit more about it. So, Dr. Muavi, thank you so much for joining me today. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, today, we're going to discuss one of the abstracts that we pre be presented in the next San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. It's abstract P30504. Uh, it will be presented on Wednesday, December 7th, and it's uh, titled Absence of Lobular Carcinoma in Situ, a Poor Prognostic Marker in Invasive Lobular Carcinoma. So before we start talking about the abstract, I just want to do some definitions. When we talk about lobular carcinoma in situ, this is what we refer to as LCIS. And this is a lobular cancer that is still confined to the walls of the lobule. So this type of, uh, of cancer cannot spread because it's contained. And when we talk about invasive lobular carcinoma, this is the word invasive, meaning it invaded the wall of the lobule. And this type of lobular cancer does have a malignant potential and can spread and metastasize. So just a little bit of uh, of background. Uh, we know that LCIS, so having confined lobular cancer inside the walls of the lobule, is a risk factor for the development of invasive lobular carcinoma. However, whether the presence of LCIS is a precursor lesion to uh, invasive lobular carcinoma is not very well understood. And a lot of people do not consider it as a precursor lesion, whereas others do consider it as a precursor lesion. So a lot of studies are trying to identify whether this is the case or not. The reason being is that a lot of patients that have LCIS never develop invasive cancer. So that's one of the big things that is it really leading to invasive cancer or is it just a risk factor for invasive cancer? The other thing they found is, let's say at the time of surgery, they cut a lesion that has LCIS in, in the middle. Those lesions sometimes never become malignant. So that's another reason why some people feel that maybe they are not a precursor lesion. However, recent studies have shown that when we found invasive lobular cancer with lobular cancer in situ or LCIS together, when we look at that genetic and molecular composition, they're very similar. Very similar in fact that you cannot, we cannot say that they are not arising from one another. And that's why it, uh, it led to people, uh, calling uh, LCIS as a precursor lesion to invasive, uh, as a facultative precursor lesion to invasive lobular carcinoma. <clears throat> so it's not a must precursor, but it can be a precursor lesion for invasive lobular carcinoma. In literature, about 50% of invasive lobular carcinoma, what is known as ILC, present concurrently with an ipsilateral, which means same size, LCIS. Now, whether those patients that uh, present with co-occurring LCIS behave similarly to the patient that do not present with this co-occurring LCIS, and from now on, we're going to call them pure ILCs, uh, whether those two groups have the same outcomes, long-term outcomes, is still not understood and unknown. So the question we wanted to ask are uh, patients with ILC co-occurring with LCIS have similar outcomes to pure ILCs? In term, and, and when we talk about outcomes, we were looking at distant recurrence-free survival. So the chances of the cancer occurring uh, outside of the breast, that's number one. Number two, about overall survival. Does it affect overall survival? And to answer uh, those two questions, 
we uh, looked at, we started collecting data from our uh, prospectively collected database uh, at MD Anderson uh, to, to study those two groups. And between 1966 to 2021, we identified, we identified about uh, 4,200 uh, uh, 4,200 patients with stage 1, uh, 2, 3 invasive lobular carcinoma. In our database, we found that about 45% of patients had co-occurring uh, LCIS uh, with ILT and about uh, 55% had pure ILT. If we look at the findings uh, of, uh, of those two uh, groups, we found that there was a statistically and numerically uh, uh, difference where pure ILC tend to be associated more with more advanced uh, size of the tumor at the time of uh, surgery, so more T4 disease, more N3 disease that mean more uh, likely to have more lymph node involved. They also tend to have more cases that are estrogen receptor and progesterone receptor negative, also more cases that were HER2 positive. More cases that were that had higher KI67 and KI67 is a marker of uh, proliferation, how active the disease is. And uh, we found that if you look at the subtypes of the lobular cancer, more uh, patients with pure ILC had the non-classical subtype, which is a more aggressive subtype, and they tend to be exposed more to uh, chemotherapy uh, compared to the group that had the precursor LCIS. And now when we look at the outcomes that we were looking for in terms of distance recurrence-free survival and overall survival, let's first focus on the distance recurrence-free survival. We find that uh, the patient who had the precursor LCIS had better median distance recurrence-free survival about 17 years compared to 10 years in pure ILC patients. And that corresponded to a hazard ratio of 0.55, and that was statistically significant. Also, patient had much better uh, overall survival if they had the precursor LCIS present, about 19 years compared to 14 years in the patient who uh, had pure ILCs, and that corresponded to a hazard ratio of 0.62, and that was also statistically significant. When we found those data, we decided to do what we call a multivariate analysis to see if the presence and or absence of LCIS is, a, is an independent prognostic factor, and Sure enough, we found that the absence of uh, lobular carcinoma in situ or SCIS is an independent poor prognostic factor for distant recurrent free survival and overall survival. Now, of course, those findings were very provocative and we, we, we went around and tried to find a hypothesis to try to uh, uh, justify what we found. And our working hypothesis is that this is likely, it is likely that all uh, invasive lobular carcinoma arose at some point from uh, lobular carcinoma in situ or LCIS. And at the time of diagnosis, if there was only pure ILC, that reflects on the tumor aggressiveness. So it might indicate that the clone of lobular cancer is so aggressive that all the precursor lesions have been transformed to the invasive to the invasive type, and that's why we cannot find any of the precursor lesions. Whereas the patient where you can still see the precursor lesion along with the invasive component, that tells you that this is more of an indolent disease, slower growing disease, less aggressive. And this is our working hypothesis that can really describe what uh, we found. But again, uh, our study is limited because it's one center, it's our own, only our institution at MD Anderson, 
more studies are warranted at other institutions and more prospective studies uh, are uh, also warranted to confirm the finding that we found. Now, also another thing, uh, this study I uh, we would love to highlight is that currently, because there is this big debate about the importance of the precursor LCIS, a lot of centers do not even report them or do not even look for them uh, when they're looking at the pathology. So it's really important uh, after what we found is for the pathologist to always look for those precursor lesions and if they are found to report them in their pathology report because we truly believe that in the future this is going to be one of the uh, uh, variables that can determine how aggressive the tumor is and how aggressive we need to be in treating it. So this is one of the one of those exciting aspects that we'll be presenting. Again, it will be presenting on Wednesday, December 7th. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you all there. Great. Thank you so much for explaining more about this. And I'm looking forward to talking again after the symposium to hear more about what was presented there. Thank you for listening to Oncology Data Advisor. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. In addition to our podcast, the Oncology Data Advisor site features expert perspectives and news stories on the latest in cancer research and treatments, all found at oncdata.com.